You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your podcast. I don't know about YouTube today. I've been having some technical issues. And Doug, we know, is the wizard behind the scenes, and so I just don't have those type of capabilities. Look, this is the same guy that has the bees machine for his substack, everyhornetsboxscore.com. His house, his area, his machinery allows him to do some of the crazy things behind the scenes and in front of you, like give you the graphics, give you the random wheel. I just don't have that. I don't have that capability. You can clown my skill if you want to. That's fine. My skill suit is way better suited for radio. We haven't necessarily gravitated towards the video portion of this yet. Maybe, okay, I should have gotten this done and prepped before I released an only audio version. That's fine. I'll take all of that clowning. But Doug hopefully will join me tomorrow. And then Thursday and Friday, we'll have a little bit of a regular schedule instead of releasing an audio-only version of this, applying it to all of the podcast outlets out there. So sorry, no YouTube video, but we are still trying to give you some content. It will only be me doing so because I was out of town this weekend, and so I'm trying to balance the scale, man. Doug's gone solo a couple of times. He did help you out with David Walker, the OG, on Friday. So if you want his takes and haven't checked him out yet, that video is still up on YouTube. That's on the Lockdown Hornets channel. I will not be giving you the YouTube video. Instead, I'll be going solo with the audio only. Now, they got to talk about some pretty interesting news that took place Thursday. I was driving when it came out. But I looked at my phone, and I saw, I was doing so in a safe space, by the way, but I saw on my phone that Donovan Mitchell had indeed been traded, but it was to the Cleveland Cavaliers. I know you probably know the details on this, but Donovan Mitchell was traded to Cleveland in exchange for Ochai Abaji, the first-round pick from this past draft, Colin Sexton, Laurie Markinen, and, of course, the three unprotected first-round picks and the two pick swaps. So the first first-rounder that Utah is going to get comes about in 2025, and then that lasts all the way to 2029. The two pick swaps come in that sandwich year, 2026 and 2028, because you do have the Stepien rule that does not allow any NBA franchise to trade consecutive first-round picks, and that kind of saves teams from imploding, the incompetent teams from imploding and just saying, okay, here are all the first-round picks. You can have everything. The pick swaps are there to allow you to at least have something to choose from during the NBA draft process in those sandwich years. A couple of questions to ask, and I know Doug and David kind of got to this question first on Friday. Okay, what do you do? When you compare what the Hornets could have offered to the Cleveland Cavaliers and what they did offer that ultimately got that deal done. Does Colin Sexton, Ochai Abaji, Laurie Markinen, and all of those picks and pick swaps come out on top compared to a package the Hornets could have offered, which again would have been three first round picks, two pick swaps, and then P.J. Washington, Jalen McDaniels, uh, Mark Williams, I guess, and salary filler. I, I don't know what that would have been. But I do think Cleveland certainly had the better package to offer. I love P.J. Washington, okay? I think he's a really good basketball player. I do think for Utah, 
Colin Sexton makes more sense, and you just might outright think Colin Sexton is a better basketball player than P.J., that's fine. I do think that he fits a rebuilding team more so because you you still do have the initiative of trying to put butts in the seats for Utah and Colin averaging over 20 points a game, possibly doing so on efficient outside shooting, still able to get into the paint. Like that's a hard player to find, certainly at Donovan Mitchell's level. But Colin Sexton, perhaps you do think he's replaceable because he did all those things on a bad Cleveland team at the time, and we were really going to see what he could do alongside a much-improved Darius Garland. But Colin Sexton, something valuable for Utah. Ochai Abaji, a lottery pick, something valuable for Utah. The three first-rounders and the two pick swaps, which Charlotte could have also matched, but certainly valuable to Utah. We'll see what happens with Laurie Markinen, probably the least valuable asset that was exchanged hands. One thing I do wonder is how much Utah considered Charlotte's first-round picks compared to the value of Cleveland's first-round picks, right? Because you trade the first-rounders to Cleveland, and you don't think that those picks are going to be favorable. I mean, you don't think that they're going to be lottery, right? Because you have some really good players. Part of the reason the Cavs felt like they could make this trade is because they had a lot left over. So you still have... Evan Turner, who is only expected to maybe even reach superstar level. You still have Darius Garland, who was quite literally an all-star last year in the backcourt and matches up pretty damn well with Donovan Mitchell, another ball handler. And you have Jared Allen, who's a defensive menace and is actually on a pretty good contract. So now you have a four-piece that is awesome in Cleveland. Not to mention, you still could flip Kevin Love and you still could flip Karis LeVert. I think those assets are probably good enough to get you at least a first-round pick, or if they're looking to win right now, some pieces that really help you out. Hell, even they have Isaac Okoro, who defensively is going to help you. And we'll see about offensively, but you get the idea. It's another first-round pick that they drafted they get to keep on the roster. Cleveland had done a really nice job at building their team to have a bunch of things they can play with. All-stars that help him win right now. Defensive specialist. Young pieces to flip. They had a lot at their disposal. Charlotte doesn't have that. So even if you think the package that the Hornets could have sent out actually is greater, equal, or barely lesser than the value that Cleveland sent out, what does Charlotte have left over? The answer is nothing. I mean, think about from 2025 to 2029, everything favoring the other team except for Donovan Mitchell of course but all of your first round picks either you don't have one in three of the five years or you're going to get the less favorable one which already was probably going to happen with pick swaps yes but you don't get that insurance Utah gets that insurance so if Charlotte gets rid of all of that the disaster potential is greater for Charlotte why is it greater I want to talk about that in just a little bit as we transition, but not before we talk about Built Bar. Like all Built Bars, the new cookie dough chunk puff is covered in 100% real chocolate. They're healthy and they're tasty. Every single one of these flavors you like so much. They're all low in sugar. They're all high in protein. They're all low in carbs. They're all so tasty. They're all candy bars that are actually good for you. It's a ridiculous thing Built Bar has created. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON15 and get 15% off your order. Again, go to Built.com, 
Use promo code LOCKEDON15. Get you a box of Built Bars. If you haven't done it yet, you don't know what you're missing. You need to figure it out right now and indulge in some of those tasty treats that are also healthy for you. So why is there a higher potential for disaster if the Charlotte Hornets trade for Donovan Mitchell rather than the Cleveland Cavaliers? Well, it's just because you don't have a lot left over. And I know it's like, well, duh, you're not telling me anything I don't know. But I don't know if everybody's truly thinking about a not even worst case scenario, just a not desired scenario with Donovan and LaMelo on your team. So you have an awesome backcourt. Okay, nobody's denying that. Those two guys offensively together, I don't. I just don't know how many people are stopping a LaMelo Donovan backcourt. That's all true. It's very exciting stuff. But then you have Gordon Hayward, who is decreasing as an asset every single day. You have Terry Rozier, who might just be entering what is the worst part of his value because now the contract kicks in. The TV deal is going to go up and, and it's going to you know lesser the hit from that deal, and that's fine. But it, it's not like last year he was only making 17, 18. Now it's starting to go up. And that team still is only going to be a play-in team. Seriously think about what the Eastern Conference has done the last two years, how they've all improved. You can use that as a way to clown the Charlotte Hornets if you want to, and you'd be right. I get it. Hey, all these teams are improving. Why aren't the Charlotte Hornets improving? But if you would have traded for Donovan, are you better than Cleveland without Donovan Mitchell? I don't think so. I think Evan Mobley, Jarrett Allen, Darius Garland is a hell of a trio. And remember, still, they can use those things to try to improve their roster even still, even if you didn't use it for Donovan. Atlanta just traded for DeJounte Murray. They got better. We'll see what happens with John Collins, but they're clearly going for it. Toronto, supposed to get better. Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Boston, Miami, you could argue, are all championship contenders. Like, it's really tough for the Hornets to have done nothing and or trade for Donovan Mitchell and then expect to compete with all of those teams. Because remember, you don't have P.J. anymore. And he was your only defensive stopper on one of the worst defensive teams in the NBA last year. So great, you increased the hell out of your offense. That's fantastic. But you didn't do it for your defense. In fact, you got worse. That Dallas series for Donovan Mitchell, you take all of the skill set he provides you on the other end, but it's not like you don't have to deal with the consequences that showed its face against Luka Doncic and even just everybody attacking him in that Dallas Mavericks series. And so who do you have to help you? Cody Martin? Okay, he was still there too, and you brought him back. But it's not enough to get you to a top six seed. I heard Ryan Rosillo talking about this on the Bill Simmons podcast too. Anybody's saying that the Cleveland Cavaliers are not a championship contender, congratulations, you win the obvious award. And I think he's right. I, I don't want to get this twisted that just because I don't think Charlotte would be a championship contender, let alone really a team that gets in the top six, the important thing to consider here is that they unequivocally got better. That Cleveland unequivocally got better, and he was using that argument against anybody that might not like it for Cleveland. I actually agree with that. Like, I think the Cavs were in a perfect situation to go after Donovan Mitchell. I've already done this, right? They have more assets they can flip. They have a core four now, which is awesome. But Charlotte, I just want to shoot for more than barely getting to the playoffs. 
And I think this is where I probably differ from some of the other Hornets fans out there. That I don't want to just settle for getting a seven seed, maybe play in win, and then getting into the sixth spot. Like, I would like to take that step, but I want there to be potential to go beyond that down the line. And if you go for Donovan and you pair him with LaMelo, and those are your two guys, then you have to understand older players are probably going to get worse. They're injury-ridden, especially in Gordon Hayward's case. I think you probably have to give up Mark Williams in that Donovan Mitchell trade, so you're still without a center. You still haven't addressed that, or you did, but then you got rid of it to try to help your team out, which, okay, fine. But where is the defense coming from? What is the next move? What is the next move for this team? I just think first-round picks are valuable for this team to try to get out of the mediocrity. And let's say Donovan Mitchell comes aboard the Charlotte Hornets. He plays alongside LaMelo. They're having great fun. And all right, they're the league pass team again. We've already been that, but we've resurrected it. We're the league pass team again. And then Donovan is a little unsure about his future here in Charlotte, and he decides, well, he kind of wants to leave. And then if Donovan Mitchell wants to leave, then LaMelo might want to leave. And hell, there's already plenty of people that think LaMelo actually wants to leave right now. I think the disaster potential for Charlotte is far greater than for Cleveland. Because let's even say, all right, that same scenario could take place with Cleveland. Let's say Donovan isn't happy in Ohio, and he still wants to be a driving force that gets him out of that organization. You still have Darius Garland. You still have Jared Allen. You still have Evan Mobley. And if Donovan Mitchell leaves, then we have to talk about this this designated rookie contract where you can't have more than two on a roster at any given point. This is something that Bobby Marks talked about on the Low Post podcast. Okay, you have Donovan Mitchell. You had Darius Garland agree to that contract extension. You have two of those types of players on your roster. That's actually going to complicate things for them when it comes to Evan Mobley. There are ways to get around it. You still take the talent. But you have that problem that comes about once Evan Mobley is extension eligible. If Donovan Mitchell leaves, then it's like, okay, this sucks. We don't have any first-round picks, but at least we do go ahead and lock in Evan Mobley right here, and we can just do it the old-fashioned way. Charlotte doesn't have anybody right now that you are desperate to give the max contract to as soon as they're extension eligible outside of LaMelo Ball. LaMelo is that guy, which is amazing. It sets you up to have these conversations. Because, hell, if they didn't have LaMelo, then there would be no reason to trade all of these first-round picks for Donovan Mitchell. It's like, all right, great, we got Donovan Mitchell, now what? I, I think the last thing I'll say before we move on to the next segment is we have to realize what Utah accomplished with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, right? Like Rudy Gobert, one of the best defensive players, certainly centers in the league, and you had Donovan initiating all that offense. Sure, you could argue Quinn Snyder didn't absolutely maximize Rudy Gobert's offensive potential, but man, that guy was a hell of a coach with what he did. So Donovan Mitchell and LaMelo Ball, is that a better team than Utah with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert? Because they also had some other pretty interesting pieces, like Joe Ingles was good before he got injured. You also had Bogdanovich, who kind of helped them out too. I just don't know what Charlotte can do with what they have 
and be better than what Utah was. Now, maybe you think, okay, I'm cool with them just getting to the playoffs and somewhat competing. I just don't want to destroy all of the future potential beyond that. Like, let's leave the door open, too, to get better after you bring Donovan Mitchell on. Cleveland could do that. Charlotte couldn't. Even if we can certainly be frustrated with the way things have gone in this offseason, you can certainly be frustrated with not landing another really talented player to put him alongside LaMelo. Like, I, I, I totally get it. We just have to realize it would have been a gut job in order to land him. I will say this, though. It's not like I would always be against this. I mean, here I am saying Cleveland was in a prime spot to do it. There was a way for Charlotte to be in a prime spot to do it. What's been interesting to me is that we haven't been thinking about what could potentially have been done. If Miles Bridges does not catch a felony domestic violence charge, you have Miles getting the max contract, you have LaMelo Ball already in place, you still have these first-round picks. You still have P.J. Washington. You still have Mark Williams. And then you decide to trade for Donovan? Then that would have made some sense to me. But here we are in a universe where Miles Bridges allegedly did something absolutely horrible to the point where if it's true, and I, it doesn't look good for him right now, then he should be on the team. And I don't think he should be in the league. And so because the Hornets are there, that is the reason why I think it made a lot more sense for Cleveland to go ahead and see how good they could get to possibly be a championship contender and beyond rather than just, a, okay, we'll try to fight for the sixth seed. Now, there's something else I did want to talk about on this Lockdown Hornets podcast, and it's, in fact, Montrez Harrell tweeting something out earlier today. So Montrez basically confirming that he's not going to return to the Charlotte Hornets anymore. He put a picture of himself in a Hornets jersey, and he said, quote, blessed to have played for my home state, only was 2025 games, but being back in the NC state was a blessing. Thanks. Now, I think somebody, I think, uh, forgive me for this Twitter handle botch maybe, but L Orange or LaRange, if you want to spice it up, at LaRange Music, I think he listens to the show. So shout out, and cool for you to get a response from Montrez. He says, I wish you were coming back, but it seems like you know something we don't. Really enjoyed watching you on the squad. Montrez replied to that, and he said, yeah, Charlotte was fun, but time is over. I don't know if it's just me. A little a little bit of a bummer. Like, I, it, I'm not surprised that this is taking place, right? Like, we, we all knew Montrez wasn't going to return to Charlotte. But I was like, maybe, <laughs> maybe there's a chance. You know, I all of this stuff like pick and roll partner with LaMelo, offensive center, you know, gave a bleep against the Atlanta Hawks when it seemed like a lot of players didn't and certainly didn't play like it. I would have been cool with welcoming Montrez back. There was something there. You had energy. You had nasty. I liked it. No, he wasn't going to send shots five deep or five rows deep into the stadium. No, he was not going to protect the rim a lot but he was going to provide an ample offensive weapon to utilize alongside the only star on this team. And, and okay, as I, I swear, even as I talk about this just a little bit later in the day, news comes in even more so on Montrez Harrell. So as I read this, Keith Pompey tweets out, things just got more interesting for the Sixers with the acquisition of former sixth man of the year, Montrez Harrell. So Montrez Harrell is going to the Philadelphia 76ers right now. I only see Keith Pompey put that out. I'm going to try to stall a little bit. 
write in Montrez Harrell's names on Twitter just to see exactly the numbers that could have come in in place. And yeah, here's Woj breaking it. Montrez signing a two-year deal with the 76ers, including a player option. Harrell brings more toughness to a team searching for this offseason. He was six men of the year with Doc Rivers, Sam Cassell in 2019 and 2020. So apparently it's a two-year deal. This just coming in. Two-year, $5.2 million deal with Philadelphia. And so the money would have made sense. Like, I'd have been cool with that contract here in Charlotte. I don't think he would have agreed to that low of an amount because you are going to Philadelphia, and I, I just called them a championship contender. They're that good. Like, you, I don't, I'm not saying they're the favorite. I do think that they're certainly one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference, and so Montrez probably not agreeing to that type of contract with the Charlotte Hornets. But it is now confirmed. He has moved on. I appreciate his time here. Really liked it. And uh, yeah, I would have been just fine if he played one more season with the Charlotte Hornets. Before we end today, I did want to mention a Rod Boone article in the Charlotte Observer where he talks about something else the Charlotte Hornets did. And this is actually a really positive thing. So he put out a tweet. Hornets are officially beginning a two month initiative today. One they think is really important. And he spoke about it with Steve Clifford and team president Fred Whitfield. He talked about the Hornets' new initiative, Swarm to Vote. So here's Rod Boone writing this, and you can find his Twitter handle um, on Twitter, at Rod Boone. When the NBA released its schedule in August, one of the immediately noticeable new wrinkles was a league-wide hiatus on Election Day in November. That move aligned well with an initiative the Charlotte Hornets began during the pandemic-created NBA bubble in Orlando after the league highlighted its social justice coalition. Since then, the Hornets have championed a campaign centered around increasing voter awareness. It's something I've been most proud about with the Hornets, and even specifically Michael Jordan. They have put so much care into making their community a better one, and you've seen that at the forefront of their organization really like the last five or six years or so. I think it's been an absolute change in Michael Jordan's personality, where he often was criticized during his playing days, not caring enough about politics. Well, now I think that's pretty clear. Maybe you think it's an easier stance. I've seen that argument before, but Michael really not only putting his money where his mouth is and donating as much as anybody to charities that benefit African-Americans in this country, it's not just his money. It's his actual effort, too. Like, you see how much he cares about this stuff. You can see him crying when he's opening the Novant Clinic in Charlotte in impoverished parts of this city. I, I really appreciate what the Hornets have done. And here's some more from Rod Boone. Beginning Tuesday, with nine weeks remaining until the November 8th national midterm elections, the organization is increasing efforts once again to spread the word about the significance of Carolinians casting their votes. The Hornets are tipping off their, quote, swarm to vote initiative with a stated goal of driving stronger voter turnout than previous years, informing people how they can vote and where they can vote. The organization also pushed this initiative in July prior to the Charlotte City Council elections. And so every single one of these cycles, they try to put more information out there. You can find it um, on Hornets.com slash go vote. Now, the Hornets are trying to make clear that they're just giving you pertinent information that would be useful when making your decision. They're not trying to steer you in one way or the other. They said, quote, that they are just trying to provide you pertinent information, as they put it, to make sure you are as well informed as possible. Another really cool thing that the Charlotte Hornets are doing in our community. Hell, I voted um, during the presidential election at the Spectrum Center. Got to see it. Awesome to see people 
flooding through the doors and that being another site. And I know the Atlanta Hawks, I believe, did that as well. And so here the Hornets are once again at the forefront of this type of thing when it comes to the NBA, trying to make their community and make this country a better place. All right, that'll do it for Locked On Hornets today. Thanks for making us your first listen. Remember, we're free and available anywhere you get your pods. It usually includes YouTube. I apologize. I am absolute garbage at this behind-the-scenes stuff when it comes to the video portion. So we should be back up and running tomorrow, Thursday, Friday. It's only audio today. Still, make your second listen, Locked On NBA, your daily 30-minute update on everything taking place within the association. Again, check out Locked On NBA. Have a great rest of your day. I should be back with you tomorrow with Doug helping me out.